Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Just before we get to our guest today, if you'd like to help us out at Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so by going to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and make a donation today, either a monthly contribution or just a one-time donation. That's CannabisHealthRadio.com. We thank you. And now to our guest. Crohn's disease is a type of inflammatory bowel disease that may affect any part of the gastrointestinal tract from mouth to anus. Signs and symptoms often include abdominal pain, diarrhea, which may be bloody if inflammation is severe, fever, and weight loss. It is believed Crohn's disease is caused by a combination of environmental, immune, and bacterial factors in genetically susceptible individuals. Joining us to talk about living with Crohn's disease and the use of cannabis to help him is Mark Hodges from Colorado. Mark, thanks for joining us. Tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. I'm 57 years old. I probably showed first signs of Crohn's around age 20 when I was working with industrial toxins, but nothing bad enough to be diagnosed. Uh, Around age 26, I was diagnosed with Crohn's uh, because I had diarrhea that was constant. And uh, back then they hadn't done research, so I listened to doctors, unfortunately, who told me that cannabis use, which I had used recreationally prior to that, was bad for the disease, and I stopped use of cannabis. I started using azulfidine and prednisone, which was the recommended protocol back then. Shortly thereafter, my health deteriorated tremendously. I started to bleed massively internally uh, from the lower colon, and uh, that meant things like crashing through bathroom doors with pants down. which can be rather embarrassing. It led to the development of a fistula that slowly ate its way through my body. And uh, eventually I did heal the internal damage from that fistula. It was really bad, and so I would, after the botched surgeries on it, end up going to work and coming home lying in a tub of my own blood and feces until I passed out nightly. Uh, Not a fun time. No, it doesn't sound like it. You mentioned, is it a zulfidine? A zulfidine. That was actually a zulfidine. It was one of the early meds. A later form was called uh, Azacol, and I think they developed it further. Some still prescribe it. And actually, that medication at one time had been used for psychological torture in some nations. So 
that's not really fun when you're in that bed of health and pain that, you know, pain management was only offered briefly after hospital stays and surgeries. I reached the point where I really just wanted to die in less pain, honestly, so I started to use cannabis extremely heavily, uh, both as an oil internally and smoking it. I had access to an indica with high quantities of CBD, and uh, within one month of starting to do that and ditching their prednisone and their zolfidine, all internal bleeding stopped. Now, I did have external bleeding from the unhealed fistula surgeries that continued for 15 years, but due to cannabis, I was still able to work, be productive, hold jobs that whole period, despite the external bleeding that I didn't stop. Perhaps if I had tried to salve, if research would have been done, I wouldn't have dealt with that either. I do have medical records that can back up the only damage done to my colon was periods where I either chose not to use medical cannabis or had no access. You know, you're telling us that within a month, all your internal bleeding stopped. That's pretty amazing. How long were you, uh, had you been bleeding internally? You must have you must have almost bled out at times, I would imagine, Mark. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, there was times I needed transfusions. People would find me unconscious on the floors and such. Uh, it did return one time, thirty years later, approximately after surgery, due to damage done to another part of the colon. Uh, during a period of six years of no access, simply due to other reasons, uh, not by personal choice. And I bled one day after surgery enough, I realized that I needed to either go in to a hospital or see what I could do. And I immediately consumed a gram of a Everclear extract and the bleeding didn't return. That is amazing. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely the only reason I'm alive today. No, I'm, I, I'm assuming you use it uh, daily? Yes, yes, I do. And I've uh, beat two expiration dates tagged on me by doctors, one by at least 30 years, another by three and a half now. So, Do you make your own? Uh, currently... It just varies a little bit. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I use a dispensary. I live in Colorado where it's legal, but I have a high plant and weight count, which they still do prosecute under, and so I let a dispensary grow for me. Do you, do you tend to lean towards one certain strain? Uh, really, what I think helps best is not so much going by strains, simply because there was a period of time where most of the genetics came from Holland, Mm -hmm. and you really pretty much knew what you were getting. But then, and I have discussed this with a uh, biochemist who specialized in plant genetics, 
And basically what happened is so many people started to interbreed in Canada who didn't properly stabilize genetics, shot for high THC only, and weight only in inside grows that I can't recommend a certain strain because they aren't consistent due yeah. to those factors. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. I, it's often people will ask what strain, and so uh, thank you for giving that answer. It's very true. You can't rely on that. Can you talk to us about THC versus CBD levels of the stuff that you take? Uh, yeah, I always shoot for high CBD, and I've also found through uh, person having access in the many many years ago to people who had custom grow medication for me uh, that would play with altering uh, CBN levels also via letting the plant over mature a little bit so some of the THC would degrade into some more CBN so I shoot for high CBD high CBN because CBN does seem to help with sleep a lot and sleep is very good for any major health are you taking, Mark, are you taking this day and night then, or do you just take it at night? Uh, most of the time, day and night. Day and night. It, um, because like you were saying, indica it tends to be, uh, you tend to sleep, it's sedating. Do you do more of a sativa strain oil in the daytime, or just the the indica oil all the time? I uh, build up tolerances uh, where I don't really have the problems as far as, it making me tired. Oh, good. Okay. Those others. So, yeah, I, I stick to Indicus. About how much are you taking a day? Currently, approximately a gram of oil plus about three grams of cannabis. Uh, in the past, it had been as much, when I was extremely ill, as much as a quarter ounce of cannabis a day, either in an oil form or smoked or a combination. I'm speaking of cannabis that had proper terpenoid content due to being grown outdoors back then, which I really don't think you get growing indoors these days. Mark, you talked about having surpassed two doctors' expiration dates. The doctors, did one doctor 30 years ago say that you would be dead shortly? He gave me about two years to live, yes, sir. Two years to live. And what about the second doctor? The second doctor was during a period where I was being denied surgery unless I would submit to a colonoscopy. And due to the first period without uh, cannabis that I chose, due to doctor's advice when I was about 26, uh, they can't do colonoscopy safely anymore. The last two doctors who had tried it advised me to never allow it again, but I was forced to use new doctors who insisted that I submit to one or they wouldn't give me the surgery that was needed to remove the parts where the disease had moved up higher uh, due to the six years of no access unless I'd submitted that colonoscopy. So I refused, had to hold out for a year. And But when you're two hours from death, it's between you and the surgeon what they do. And those GI doctors standing in the way 
of the surgery had no say in it. And the surgeon confirmed if I would have submitted to their pressure, I would have been dead in 30 seconds. Mark, if you had to describe to someone what living with Crohn's disease is like, what would you say? I'm sure there are much, much worse things in life to live with, but it's not a life at all. It's not a life at all? Yeah. One of the most difficult things for other people to understand is the pain someone else is experiencing. Can you take us through, when you were really having your problems, what a typical day was like for you? Sounds like it's pretty debilitating. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, I was able to be productive for many, many years due to using medical cannabis. Uh, I graduated second in my college class. I saved businesses from bankruptcy. I had a successful career uh, for many years. It kept me working instead of being totally disabled at the age of 26. He let me work another 15 years. Mark, did you ever at any time think of suicide? Uh, that was my plan for that entire 15-year period until all, uh, finally the fistula healed externally. The pain was that bad, but I was holding on for my parents' sake. And how would you compare how you feel today compared to when you were 26 in your mid-20s? Uh, better because I am used to it and because I, you know, it's not new to me, so it's not as scary. You've, you've adapted to and it. I'm, yeah, and I'm not bleeding out daily in tubs for two years. <laughs> well, <laughs> that no. made a big difference when that ended. <laughs> Are you on any medication at all today? Uh, I mean, uh, at, not yes, at this moment, I, I, but, but during during the day, do you take medication? Yes, at, at this moment, actually, I have extremely horrific uh, neuropathic pain that does require morphine at times. So I have taken morphine, and I've consumed about a gram of uh, ash oil in a uh, joint just before the interview. Yeah. No, you have stated that uh, with the cannabis morphine and Valium, you feel like your feet are soaking in ice water or nails are being driven into them. Tell us about yeah, that. Or, um, well, I can make that direct comparison as far as nails because once I did have uh, 
an incident where I stepped on two nails in a board that were headed the opposite direction and had to remove them myself. Uh, so yes, the neuropathy is bad enough at times where it feels like nails are literally driven in them or your feet are soaking in buckets of ice water or perhaps you're walking on broken glass or standing on concrete on a day or blacktop on a day. It's a hundred out. Do you ever wake up someday and feel normal? Or do you know uh, what, do you know what normal yeah. is? Uh, a little bit, because sleep is the thing that kills more pain than anything I have ever found. But the relief sleep gives... You still wake up in pain, definitely. Uh, but you feel a little bit better for an hour half hour to an hour, perhaps. You know, Mark, when uh, you were talking about the azulfidine, um, I looked that up because I've never heard of that before. And uh, some of these side effects are absolutely horrific. It said, uh, azulfidine may discolor the urine or skin to an orange-yellow color. And says, this is normal and not a cause for concern. Well, I'm sorry, but changing your skin color with a drug is not normal. It says, a very bad skin reaction may happen. It can cause very bad health problems that may not go away and sometimes death. Getting medical help right away if you have signs like red, swollen, blistered or peeling skin with or without fever, red or irritated eyes, or sores to your mouth, throat, nose or eyes. Severe and sometimes fatal allergy reactions, infections, heart problems, kidney problems, liver problems, lung problems, blood problems, and permanent nerve or muscle problems have happened in patients taking azulfidine. I mean, that sounds worse than the disease itself. Mark, how yeah, long did you take that? For about two years. For about two years. And I, did I mention that at least uh, in some countries they had also used that for psychological torture at one yes. time? I found out later. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and modern meds are that they want to use. I mean, some doctors will still use those old medications or their slightly quote unquote improved variations. But the modern trend is towards biologics, which biologics, if they don't, if they're the infusion type, might kill you during the infusion. If they're the uh, type that you take monthly, well, let's see, I did have a prescription for one, the copay of which under Medicare was going to be my entire Social Security check. And also, those type meds make you very prone to tuberculosis and a scratch turning fatal. And pharmacists that I know say last resort only. And as we train our pharmacists better than we train our doctors as far as medications, I trust them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's some of the stuff uh, you've taken is, I mean, zulfidine is just a horrific drug, and you took it for two years. And was there any period during your, uh, I guess, yeah. recovery in which you stopped taking cannabis? That was during the period I was foolish enough to believe doctors telling me that cannabis was harmful for Crohn's. That's the only 
time the Zolfidine played in okay. with the cannabis, I stopped the cannabis while I was on the Zolfidine and the prednisone. I don't know where the doctors got the information that uh, smoking cannabis is bad for Crohn's. It was so long ago that there wasn't research. I, you know, I had access to medical libraries, and there was very little information on Crohn's at all, and there was none on the endocannabinoid system back then. It hadn't even been discovered. You know, we talked to a woman very early on when we started this podcast back in October. She lives in Saskatchewan, and she had Crohn's for 25 years and said that she spent more time in hospital than she did uh, with her children. And she started taking cannabis, and as a result, he had put her Crohn's into remission and or cured it. And today she has a dispensary in Saskatchewan to help other people with this very debilitating disease. Do you talk to others who have Crohn's about using cannabis to help them? Uh, Any chance I get, which is why I was so glad to have the opportunity to do this today. And you you probably are kind of getting a slightly wrong impression because despite all of this, I have made it very well compared to people who didn't use cannabis. I happen to have moved where I have three neighbors very close that were affected by Crohn's. One is now deceased who is only a few years older than me. One has giant chunks of her brain missing and multiple other complications because it can attack any part of your body, not just mouth tainus, your vision, anywhere it can attack. I never knew uh, that. Though primar- yeah, uh, though primarily it's mouth tainus. It can attack anything. Um, and the other one is half my age and has no colon left at all. So I've I've fared very well and had very many good years due to the help of the medication. The stories you told me, I had no idea that Crohn's could attack the brain. I thought it was just uh, an affliction. It's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, that's... uh... I I don't know the details of those complications to explain them. I'm sorry. I just know that it can attack any part of the body, including the eyes and including the brain. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't delve into how it's, you know, affecting her directly. I didn't want to pry. Have you ever had surgery? Uh, yes, the uh, two surgeries on the anal fistula. Okay. Plus, when I was young, I had one on an anal fissure uh, about age 18, though nothing was diagnosed. And then due to the six-year period that left damage up higher than the lower damage I described, uh, they did have to remove part of the upper uh, colon and lower colon three and a half years ago. That was the period I was waiting for the surgery that was denied me for a year. Mark, when you go out in public, do you always have to be conscious and aware of where the washrooms are? Oh, yes, and it prevents me from even getting to proper medical care because I ended up stuck in a town waiting on my disability where my parents live. It's very small and isolated. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely an issue. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's a very, uh, I mean, I think most of us who do not have your condition uh, really aren't uh, cognizant of how important that is to someone with Crohn's or inflammatory bowel disease. Yeah, there are many days, literally, you do not want to be over 60 seconds from a restroom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, what do you do if you uh, if you need to go to the restroom and it's occupied? You learn remarkable self control skills. <laughs> I guess this is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you have to. Yeah, oh. yeah. And you also learn that uh, when you're bleeding due to the externally unhealed wound that cotex down the back of your pants is <laughs> the way to hold a job and not have the blood show. <laughs> if you can't laugh about these things, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll let you laugh at it, but uh, yeah, I can just, uh, I, I can't imagine having to go through what people with Crohn's disease go through. Well, you know, like I said, it, it, it can be horrible, but cannabis is the only safe treatment I know. And yes, it can put people into remission. I don't think it's a cure, but I know it's the only safe treatment I'm aware of. The best one, at least. And I did try multiple other things as far as natural cures, acupuncture, you name it. Do you ever take your uh, cannabis rectally? As a suppository? No, I never, I never have done that. Uh, never have had access to uh, suppositories. I probably should shop a little bit more, but usually just have to go to the closest dispensary to me because I live in a town that has a ban on them, and due to its proximity to the national park, the they had a meeting to discuss whether to lift the ban on dispensaries, but the federal government walked into it and said they would pull all park funds the town gets to handle the tourists if they considered lifting the ban. Oh, I remember reading about that. That's right, yeah. Because uh, federally in the United States, marijuana is still illegal, even though it's legal in Colorado. What's it like for you to... Where did you live prior to moving to Colorado? Kansas, and what it was like was fear daily that due to the medication I needed, I would end up in jail, though I was a responsible citizen. And so you went to Colorado? I'm sorry? Yeah, and then you uh, decided to move to Colorado, and and things changed for you? Yes, uh, though I did actually end up Without cannabis, when I first moved here, that was a six-year period because I went through all savings I had in the three years it took to get disability, so I had to move in with parents, and I respected their wishes that I not use cannabis in their home. Yeah, it's really a, an educational process. This, I mean, it's going to take years. You and I will be long gone, Mark, before this is widely accepted around the world. I think because uh, we have been brainwashed, we have been stigmatized. It has been stigmatized, and it's going to take a, a long time for people to come to accept it as a plant, as an herb and not as a drug, even though we accept uh, drugs like sulfidine. 
I mean, that's, no problem. Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can walk around with that. You can walk around with that in your pocket. Pregnison, yeah, which is nasty as well. Yeah, it truly is. Prednisone is the only medication I've ever taken, including alcohol, which I don't drink, but I did when I was young. You know, drank a few, drank a bit, and alcohol didn't make me an angry person, but put me on prednisone, and yeah, I have oh, yeah. a bad temper. <laughs> can be pretty horrible. Yeah. Mark, is there anything you'd like to say to folks in conclusion? No, simply that I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to this and that I hope people really hold in there. Though I did sound a little depressed today because I happened to think about things that I lived through. I lived through them and I made it and I did have a good life and I still do and I'm looking forward to it in the future as things keep changing where they legalize this medication more. Well, don't say you did have a good life. It sounds like you, uh, you're coming to the end of it. You've got a lot of years left. Yeah, I do. I do. That. Yeah. I, I, I do. Mark, it was very, uh, very wonderful of you to do this and tell your story. I realize that sometimes it's not easy to relive some of those uh, horrific moments of crashing through bathrooms, but uh, you've uh, you've done a wonderful job of it. Thank you very much. Yeah, very much appreciate you stepping up to the plate and sharing your experience, Mark. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you'd like to tell your story about using cannabis for medical purposes. Send us an email here at Cannabis Health Radio. That's info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. And just give us a bit of background on your situation and the use of cannabis. And uh, we may hear you on Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.